Yes, sir. We are back with another one, another one, another one. On my podcast today is Jeff the Illis. Jeff, DJ oh, Jeff the Illis. What's going on, my brother? How you doing? Nothing bad. Just a lot, you know, getting ready for 24. Oh, it's right around the corner, ain't it, man? I'm, I'm thinking ahead. Yeah. There you yeah. go. So wait, let's back it up though, because last time I spoke to you, you had you were on here with Nakia, and you had yes. put her project out. How have things? What was the what was the reception for that project? My God, <laughs> different. You know, when you're doing the R and B album, it's a different kind of reception. Mm -hmm. You know, like even though it's it still got that hip hop base, you know, it give you know people like man. They were really impressed. You know, I got a lot of different, a different, different kind of audience, you know, mainly mm -hmm. women. What? So um, we are finishing up uh, the remix project for uh, Soliloquy. Okay. Um, complete the remix come out January 1st. Okay. Okay. Get off with that. And then we're going to drop the remix project exclusively on JeffTheIllis.com. That'll be like my very first project that I put on my website exclusively. I've been in my mind, I've been really considering on taking, uh, not putting no more music on uh, streaming platforms. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, I think we need to go back to the basics. People need to buy thick. Yeah. <laughs> Like we need to get yeah. back exclusivity of the greatness of good music. Yeah. Direct to consumer. Yeah. Direct yeah. to consumer. That's, that's why it's like it's a it's a crazy shift that's happening as far as like what Spotify is talking about doing levy and fines against labels that, that steal streams or or you know, post fraudulent streaming data. So they actually talking about finding the major the major labels and I guess some of the indie labels that are pulling it. But I guess they're going to have an algorithm now track how those streams are actually made before they start awarding them. And that's why they changed the pay structure because they noticed the labels were getting away with stealing. Mm. And it's a different day and age, man. People are not listening to music the same way no more. And as I, the, the boutique approach, I always, always champion anybody who takes the boutique approach. You don't have to saturate your, your your listening base across all of these streaming platforms because they're habitual. If they really rock with you, they're going to find out where you're at. Yeah. So your fans are your fans. Your, your fan base is your fan base, you know. Mm -hmm. Those who are loyal to your music and to your product, they're going to they gonna go wherever you go. You better know. know. Yeah. You better know. Um, and I've been getting a lot of new fans with her project. So, yeah. So, like, we, we wanted to... I, I definitely... We, like remember when we first did the interview, we already was thinking two steps ahead. Like we got we finna start working on chapter two in a minute. And so, and the way that you had put it together was 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 good too. Like I, I had enjoyed it and and I had went song by song by song and I sat with those songs and I listened to them over and over again. I was like, Oh, this has like a nineties feel to it. Okay, so, here it here it sounds like this. This is reminiscent of this right here and, and it sounds like he tried to emulate this type of uh type of energy you know on this song so it was mm -hmm. it was a good project we had a mission statement with uh soliloquy was to make mary proud you know 
Like this is like soliloquy is like what's the four one one for me, and then okay. the remix project is what's the four one one the remix. Part two was like kind of like I I can't I my life with a slash of faith that was first shit. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, we wanted to definitely like be like man we gotta make a we gotta make a ballad on this album, but we also gotta be on that bullshit. You know, we got to talk about the left field of this love shit, you know, getting played, getting betrayed, mm-hmm. abs, whole shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, like, because the first, the first project was really about the love, love, like, don't sleep is the love for your city. Temperature is about, you know, the street, the streets of what was going on in 2020. Uh, then everything else, everything else was about the love. Part two is like really about that bullshit. Yeah, but don't don't forget to have fun on the, on the project. Too, oh, oh the, the, song, the songs of fun, not just like having fun in the studio, but the songs right. having fun. Actually, um, the remix project is kind of the catalyst of part two. So. We did a remix for uh, be, uh, not beautiful is uh, tonight with a new with an artist down in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, by the name of Candy Blue. Um, we got a temperature remix, all rap remix. Uh, so far, I got Danielle and I got uh, one of my young artists, Tonio, on the joint. Trying to get one more person I'm in between Crystal or June or uh, my man. Uh, one of my masks to do, you know what I'm saying? Because I wanted to be, you know, like Brandy's. I want to be down, but from a uh, positive standpoint. Okay. okay. So, so this is a, this is a themed project. Yes. And um, with the way like the R&B landscape is and how it's been the last, I'll say, 15, 20 years, how do you how do you navigate that? And you know in the writing and creation of such a, a dynamic themed project. Because the, I think like so much of the music now is so, it's more visceral. It's right. not as sublime as R.B. used to be. Right. The thing with me, the thing what I love about when Nakia and me and her have the same mindset, like we wanted to, we wanted to have that, that 90s feeling, but still still give you that 23 2023 24 understanding on right. life you know what i'm saying like that's why I like when we came with don't sleep don't sleep is nothing about no love r&b shit like i said man you gotta talk about where you from right i'm saying like man tell people man what the fuck Fort worth is about you know, I got a, and I, like on the interview, I was like, I got a wake up call. The first thing when I told her, I said, yo, talk about where you're from. And the first thing she told me was like, it's a sep- it's separate. You know, like people be putting Dallas Fort Worth together in right. different places. And I'm like, really? <laughs> when we did that listening party, man, them Fort Worth motherfuckers was in there. You hear me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, was, they was like, yo, thank you. Thank you for representing the four words to the fullest. Like, 
I said, you would think the kids are rap or some shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like she from like she from like one of the unforgot the forgotten barrel or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but man, them four were drafted. Like, yo, funky town or nothing. I was like, shit, they was like, that was not caring about that. It was like Fort Worth or nothing. Hell yeah, because it's it, it's it's an awesome thing when somebody reps where you from and, and, and some shine gets to put on it. It's kind of like you said, that that forgotten borough, right? So yeah. we, we know about Queens and Brooklyn and, and Harlem, yeah. but it, the Yonkers exist too now. Yeah, Staten. Yeah. You know hey, fuck it, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, and she is, and there's some ill motherfuckers in Delaware too. Truth Delaware, be told, like all of them, like places that people will be like, man, ain't nobody checking for that. Man, niggas is checking for them niggas. Man. Hey, well, a lot of a lot of the ones that you know by name come from them areas. They just move to the bigger city and then they just take that on. You yeah, know what I'm saying if you really, if you look at a lot of people's background, a lot of them don't really come from where they represent. Mm-hmm. They from nope. smaller side. Yep, they mm-hmm. they migrated, cohabitated, yeah. and all that. Like uh, like what? You parked the perfect example. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, like Rakim, Rakim yep. from Long Island. Guru, <laughs> Guru, same thing. Boston moved to Brooklyn. Prodigy. Prodigy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of these cats that ludicrous. Yeah. I yeah. 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 So these people are they from forgotten places. They moved to the city. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, that that was like our that that's when I knew we had a great project too. Because when we put out Don't Sleep, I figured like, ah, oh, we did okay. Man, we did that listening party. Them motherfuckers were showing up. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, and we had a great reception on the project because one of my biggest things was like, man, I'm coming with a straight city, mean city sound. You know what I'm saying? But Dallas is a big city too. Mm-hmm. You know, people forget that, you know, just because it's in the South, you know, you don't have no city life. Trust me, Dallas is a city. You got some it's, good, it's a metropolitan. Don't get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like I wanted that type of feel, but going into the next project, we actually doing the re- like the remix and part two together. And we almost done with part the uh, remix project. We almost done. We just gotta do like maybe two more, two more records. Okay. And we'll we'll be having that out for the uh springtime and then. We're gonna have part two probably like fall twenty four. All right. What about that, Danielle though, dude? What about Danielle? Danielle's coming. It's coming. Actually, with Danielle, the kid got to record her vocals for two songs, and once she do that, then Danielle's album is pretty finished. The only thing that I have to do with Danielle is that I have to put some. I have to be on my Pete Rock shit with that. I have to throw some of them little 30 second beats in between them motherfuckers. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, because I actually, my idea for uh, Supreme Excellence is like, I wanted it to be like Mecca and the Soul Brother, but me, it's Danielle and me. You know what I'm saying? Because she rapping, rapping. She ain't playing. 
Okay. Last she ain't playing. That's why I, and, and it's it's perfect time. Because the thing is the female rap the female rap movement is totally super in right now. And go, I think we're going into 24 in a different realm in hip hop and rap. And we we really gonna get back to the uh to the basics of everything, you know, real rapping, you know, dope production, sleek movements, styling, you know, fire that the sexy reds and <laughs> shit like that. You know what I'm saying? They admit, you know, people are looking for something great and something new. Yeah, absolutely. They want something dynamic. They want something that's going to really make them feel something. Right. People are tired tired of nothing rap. You know, we you have nothing to say. You know, you got to have, especially in this day and time where we have a lot going on. Uh, yeah, substance is needed, man. You need some substance. It's just like food. You need something to stick to your bones, man. Stick to your ribs. We've been we've been talking about this for a while. Oh, like substance is so needed, but it's really it's really people are really wanting that, especially when you got D one calling people out, not really calling them out, but challenging them to do better. I don't even look at it as a cloud chase. I look at it as he was just challenging the system or people that we consider to be top tier rappers to be do better. All right. Especially yeah. when you know a lot of them, their legacy acts, they, they, they're already cemented. So what more do they gain from selling that narrative when they can just, you know, speak from some truth, you That's know, and it doesn't have to be negative. That's so Danielle is coming on. Uh, the bit my next biggest but bef- my next biggest project is this uh hip hop heels project that comes out uh this Friday. I'm the exec- I'm one of the executive producers of that project. And yo, oh, it's that deal. It's it's a great project. Okay. We, we, you know, like I'm very proud that I'm my name is on the, uh, that project. You know. Okay. Let us know how to support. Let us know how to support, my uh, brother. We have a release party Sunday at the Blue Island uh, Beer Company. You know what I'm saying? They got some good-ass craft beer up in that bitch, man. They got some nice shit up in there. We need to definitely come in that spot. We're going we're gonna to be playing some good tunes off that project. Okay. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, so that's that's a man. We got Vice, we got that biz, uh, my man, that business. Got a nice, nice array of great artists on that project. You know what I'm saying? And they talking that good talk, good positive stuff. You know what I'm saying? You know, we got records about going to the doctor, uh, being politically aware, uh, relationships. You know, you know, dealing with real relationships and the healing of relationships. You know, uh, domestic. You know, like combating domestic abuse. Um, mm-hmm. Like we're really talking about stuff that we talked about in rap records. Okay. okay. The one, thing, you know, the one thing I always say, you know, instead of complaining, do it. You know, it about who gonna listen to it because just do it. You gain to listen. But what they say, be the change you want to see. See. 
That's it. That's it. that's who we proud of. We, they, we've been working on that project for about two years. Okay. Yeah, about two years a year some change, you know. And so it's going to be something special, you know, for the city especially. We got the hip hop museum behind the tour. Okay. What hip hop artists, uh, besides the ones you li- you you just spoke on, what other hip hop artists are you listening to lately? Ooh, well, let's see. Um, Charlie, my man Charlie, uh, the Charlie tape with my man DJ Ill Digits, uh, Charlie Smarts from uh, Cooley High. I'm looking forward to Rhapsody's new project. Um, I like the Asteroids record. Uh, Killer Mike. Man. Killer Mike. This album here. Yo. (laughs) It's a powerful album. My God. (laughs) And it's like... I listened to it when it first came out. I said, I gotta buy the new bike. The more and more I listen to that album, the more and more it's a blessing. You know? Um, Nas. Definitely, a, that's a great album. Um, what else? So, you know, uh, Apollo Brown been acting a fool this year. With that uh, sardines joint with Planet Asia, uh, it's a bunch of you know I listen to everything, you know. Uh, Brian Browns with the Christian and Six, and he dropped another project called One Two One Twenty Seven. That One Twenty Seven is really dope. It got uh, Kid Capri, Puff, um, and. Uh, Host the East Coast, a lot of New York stuff. You know what I'm saying? That 127 is nice. I like that. Um, you know, pretty much. But I will say it's a lot of this. It, we have a lot of disappointing hip hop. It's hard for me to listen to music right now. And it's not just because a lot of it is trash. It's just because, like, right now, like, before we started, we were talking about what we we're working on. When I'm working on music, I can't. It's hard for me to hear anything. So right before that killer mic came out, I was already writing and, and doing songs with people. So I haven't finished listening to that whole album. So everybody keeps talking about how good it is. And I'm gonna be so late on that album because yeah. just because I'm just I'm just trying to do so much writing and get things done. That that uh down by law, you gotta watch that video. That video is excellent and it's not no frills or anything. It's just Killer Mike in in the heat of in the streets, and he in the record store and they and he doing his verses at the record store at the record store signing, and it's going up. Mm. It, that, that shit is authentic. I like that type of shit. You so your I mean? your process when you're creating music, the, the, can you take in other music and, and still focus on mm-hmm. yours? Because for me, I I can't do it. Like I shut everything out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because me being a DJ, I have to. I have to be listening to what's hot and what's not. True, so, very true. You know, like, you know, that's that's part of the process. But I also, I have my own unique sound. 
know what I'm saying? So I have pretty much concepts way already made. Mm-hmm. Like when I did soliloquy, I said Mary is my Mary was my mission statement. Right. So I kind of, you know, like got into that realm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what would Mary do with this? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I'm going I'm to get all my hip-hop breaks, put them in the mix, use them, cut them up. You know what I'm saying? Get my, get my, uh, get my musician friends to help me create that landscape, put some keys on some shit. We take it from there. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, I wanted the soul, but I wanted the temple with it. You know what I'm saying? So that's what matters to me. Uh, Larry June, too. That Alchemist. Yeah. If Alchemist, either Alchemist or Hit Boy need to get the production of the year. I don't mm. give a fuck what people think. That Larry June, man. Jeez. That's the most like you that that album make you want to put on a pinstripe suit, <laughs> you hear me, and get your fucking Mac on. You hear me? That <laughs> Mark Candy House is something serious. You hear me? I forgot. I had to throw that out there. But Alchemist, man, Alchemist, his his the landscape he behind he put behind those lyrics, man. man. It was some something different, man. Alchemist. <laughs> Tell me a hit boy. <laughs> you cannot deny that. Hit boy brought Nas back. Man, <laughs> listen here. I don't care what. Man. Put Nas back in the conversation. Man, he brought Nas back. <laughs> this last album yeah. solidified. You hear me? Got that nigga man. rapping again, man. Rapping, rapping. Man. You rapping. Bullshit. When I saw man, he put he's dropping gems in them songs. Man, good gems. Like my top three will be Alchemist, Hit Boy, and Conductor Williams. Man, be conductor. Yeah. Yeah. But man, he has first of all the drop series. Conductor, we have a problem. Conductor, we have a problem. <laughs> hey, the work that he did for Griselda, the last <laughs> Year and a half, two years. It's crazy. Man, that album <laughs> is definitely in the number in the top ten top ten joint. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. I know this finna be it, your listeners might be mad, but that Conway and Conductor is better than that West Side gun shit. No, I could see I could see how that will be. That. Yeah. I could see that being a thing. You know, I um Conway is more of a, a, a rapper's rapper, you know, more of a hardcore and rapper. Is, uh, and Gun is trying to be avant-garde. Mm-hmm. No, he, he like, this album was like, okay, I just want to fit. Let me see if I can fit in. <laughs> I, you know, I want to be part of the conversation. You know, I, my conversation is there. But I want to do some regular shit for a little bit, you know. Yeah, especially since he had been out the way for a little bit too. I, I got a record with Jeezy. I got a record with uh, Rick Ross, and you know I want to do it with the regular niggas. And to me, it wasn't that great. I didn't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Man, that's a 
Hey, that's a dope observation. That's a dope observation. Nah, <laughs> let me do an album with some like I want to be part of the cop. I want to be on the radio. I want to do what Benny do. <laughs> right. Yo. But the way D- Benny did it, that shit was hardcore, man. Yes. And, and, Benny, and Benny, Benny being a pocket, you know, Benny, right. Benny, Benny don't step outside of the bubble of what it is he does. He's going to bring what he does to every song. All With right. gun, you don't know what you about to get, but it's gonna be a bunch of ad libs behind it. Do 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 and it and, and it was like this this a drill beat? Nah. Salute gun, man. Salute that guy, man. He, he's a, I, he's a visionary for the team. As far as the bit the, the, the hair, man, you can't deny okay. it. Can't deny the great man, but the album, no, the album was very damn, uh, I'm damn near may put it on the worst list, but I don't know if I can. You know what I'm saying? Him, like Drake's album was on my worst list. I can say that off time. Glad you brought that up. I want to ask you a question, right? Okay, yeah. so this is whole discussion. This is whole discussion that uh, Joe Budden started by saying that Drake needs to rap in, in his age bracket. And uh, people are saying uh, he was right about that. Other people are just saying he's hating. But a lot of people are saying, dude, you're almost 40 years old. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? That's the that's what that's what the, that's the direction the conversation is going in. So I want to ask you, based on what you know of the Drake album, listening to it and then just knowing where he's been musically for the last five to 10 years. Does that sound like there might be some credence to that? Not saying that he needs to rap about the things people his age rap about, but just to bring some maturity to his content. In a sense, I agree, but Drake Drake is a soft pussy ass nigga. I'm so serious. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He's sweet, man. He tried, like, when he tried to be hard, you be like, I don't even come off right. Not not believable. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't believe you. You need more people. Right. <laughs> push it, man. This thing you you trying to step. You like you still gotta like he still got the chip on his shoulder when Pusha gave him them hits. You hear me? Mm. And he's yeah. like he was try, and he like that's the only song on that album that's dope with conductor, right? He trying to come tough, and I'm like, you have no idea that this toughness is going to get you out here bad. Brother. Yeah. Man. Put, like, we've been, we, I, I can't say, like my man said, push on the clock. I said, no. Nah. He's good. He's good. He's good. And remember, they told him not to. Mm-hmm. They told Pusher, don't respond. Leave him alone. No, he's going to respond. He responded on the Calypso record. Oh, he did? Okay. Yep. Oh wait! It's so they had a project that came. Did it actually come out? The uh, no. okay. okay. But the when they did the fashion show in Louis Vuitton, right? They played yeah. a. They did the record, a new record for the Louis Vuitton joint, and the whole first verse of Pusher, he coming at Jim Jones. The first line of the record, he said, "You living under the spirit of repossession." I was like, "Yo, I'm done." That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you live in spirit of repossession. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Now who, now who put who who thinks like that? 
What? Wait a minute. Living under the spirit of repossession? Listen to that. <laughs> you said that. I'm like, uh-uh. Jim ain't got Jim should have shut his mouth up, man. Talk about he ain't, he don't deserve no top, top spot. No count or no number. I'm like, yo, dude, Pusher is a problem. Yeah. Been manifested. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, don't, I'm like, do not, don't mess with that man. That's why I said when the, because it was going to be a Pusher DJ drama gangster grip. But I got a feeling what's about to come out is going to be another Crips album. No, no, I will salute a push of uh, Gangsta Grills. I will salute that. Oh, if that comes, that's going to be really, really tough. Mm-hmm. But I really got a feeling it's going to be a Clips album. Yeah, because when, whenever lately, when him and Malice actually do get on records together, it just bring that that it revives that feeling. Yeah, you know, they bring that energy back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. But to answer your question, six, Drake, Drake have always been this sucker and sucker, sucker tash ass nigga to me. You know what I'm saying? The, you know, he'd be on some, you know, pretty boy action, you know? Right, right. And to me, he's like one of the leaders of that of the new generation in rap. So he's like the in-between, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know who I give bad props to who knew, who knows how to move in the in-between, but still with his albums, he still he beats him, J. Cole. Facts. J. Cole can do the record with the young thugs, the babies, you know, all those kind of rappers. But when he does his albums, his albums have power and value. And he doesn't chase the trend. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think, I, I Drake, think that's absolutely true. Right. Drake yeah. chased the trend. He'll put the sexy red on the album. And he, you know, chased the trend, you know. And that's cool. I would say he has to be make a 40-year-old, 40 40-year-old, 35 and up rap, rap album. No, but just show your progression. Talk about the shit you done been through and everything. Right. right. You can show your progression. Yeah. But see, Drake is emotion. So that's... Drake is also probably the most... And nobody actually says it, but everybody says it. That Drake is probably the most misogynistic rapper to exist. Yeah, and he does it underhanded. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Big time. Yeah, it's like most rappers at least show love to women in their songs. He does not at all. <laughs> he, 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 no, I'm trying to hit. What we doing? <laughs> yeah. and, and it's always and it always be like the narrative is typically like some uh she left me, he, she could never do no better than me type shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I just find it to be interesting because but uh, it's also he does that bait and switch and sleight of hand shit too, you know. So but go ahead. I was going to say, I think that it's, it's interesting because like where this conversation was going, it kind of got me thinking about something, we, a conversation you and I always having about Drake before, about how like, um, like my, my theory is this, because he, he was a child actor, he was already primed for entertainment, he already had media coaching and stuff like that, so everything that it took to actually develop an artist, they didn't need to do that with him. 
Uh, also, he was a fan of the rappers. He wasn't. He, he he approaches everything like he's a rapper's fan. Like his beef with with Pusha T is no different than his beef with Joe Button. You see what I'm saying? It's the exact same thing. His legends, the legends he admired the most, people he borrowed from, don't respect him. And he he's hurt by that because he was showing up to their concerts and stuff like that and dapping them up. And when it when he when he blew up, he, now he's at the top of the mountain. He got all this money, but he's no cooler than he was when he was a child actor. You know, he don't have he he's like the Amanda Seals of rappers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He just, you know what I'm saying? They don't have no connection to, to reality because they've been out, they've been up, placed away from the general populace their whole life. Yeah, he's been, been, he been kept, yeah, he's been kept out the, yeah. out the way of it, you know? Like he's yeah. not amongst so the people. So when he, when he meets and, and listens to and, and, and observes his, his idols, the pushers, the Joe Buttons, he sees them based on the music that they created and not necessarily as the men that they are. So when these men who have a different purview because they actually come from the streets, they didn't grow up in entertainment. They kind of have a different approach to understanding this business. So when they actually critique this man or that, or the, the, the image he put out, they, they looking at him like, dude, we can see right through that facade. What are you doing? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we don't live, we don't live in Hollywood. Like we literally, we go back home. We have homes in Hollywood, but we can literally get up and go back to our neighborhoods and chill out. Yeah, go, yeah, we, we could go visit family and blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? We go back to like what push and go back to Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the whole thing. Like Drake don't have that. You know what I'm saying? That's why he. It's all, everything is always tied to like his dad's name and legacy. You know what I'm saying? To to kind of like make him seem more personable. But he's not a personable rapper. He's like Amanda Seals, dude. That chick is so disconnected from reality. Man, because he's she's never Yeah, been in Hollywood her whole life. He's been in Hollywood his whole life, pretty much. He was in Canadian Hollywood before he became a rapper. He was just he they didn't have to put as much work in to make him a star. Because the maintenance See, had already partially been done, though. And, and you know the 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 Degrassi stuff already made his face, you know, recognizable. That's no different than Britain. He's the he's like Britney Spears, you know, yes. Christina Aguilera. Yes, sir. He's rap version. You know what I'm saying? Anybody yes, you could think of somebody Miley Cyrus, somebody who grew up already in front of the camera. Yes, sir. He's under the, he was the Mickey Mouse Club before before he was this lover boy ass nigga. Yeah, so everybody, everybody who questioned him, they're not necessarily questioning him on uh, the integrity of his music. They questioning him like, "Dude, what are you doing? We know where you come from." You know what I'm saying? And that's why, like, like it's easy to fall in love with a lot of his 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 hits because it's formulaic. Everybody understands how that formula works. But when we talk about like the content, and we're talking about the 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 actual the in depth feeling that you get from a rapper who actually been through something like he, do you relate never gonna be able to give you that right can you relate to it i can't relate to his problems you know what i'm saying like dude he's been up his whole life <laughs> wow. i can't relate to nothing he complained about all he complained about is women so come on bro <laughs> yeah and, and it, someone told me that you have you heard his new project and there's no knock on anything that i don't i don't they was like, "Have you listened to his project?" I was like, "What's it called?" And they was like, "This is for my for my dogs." 
I was like, for his dogs, like he does he mean female dogs? And he was like, no, he's talking about his dogs. I'm like, he must be talking about female dogs because dude don't really he don't really mess with 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 guys from what I understand like that. Like that's not his thing. So he, you he is the he's the he's the LL Cool J of our school. Say it one more time. Without without the battle testing and stuff like that. Because LL say, re repeat it. Say it from the beginning. He is the what? He's the LL Cool J of the new generation. Without the battles. The difference with LL, LL is not only a lady, the ladies love, but this nigga will fuck you up on that microphone. He had the man, he had the respect of the man too. Yeah, and he in your career. He in careers. People forget about LL ending careers. When T Ice T stepped to him, over with. When um cannabis stepped to him, over with. The only issue he had was Hammer. And and maybe Mo D. Hey, when Mo D dropped, let's go on him. Yeah, killed him. That was smoke. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was there was, there was there was there was debris in the air behind that one. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? And I, now I he broke that whole man name down. <laughs> so when we look at LL though, and I say Mo D and Ham. The reason why I said Hammer is that Hammer, when they came to the West Coast, Hammer was given given uh given no fly zones when that well, shit wasn't, wasn't invented. Like no fly zone was not invented. It was never it was not heard of. But we find out now Hammer was not playing with motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Coming to the coming, you know, we, we gotta forget, we we forget. Homeland Security wasn't happening in 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94, 95. You had to go to the gate. Niggas would meet you at the gate, and it was on. You know what I'm saying? And LL had a, a conversation with him. And Hammer said, man, you, what you say? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People thought their parachute pants was a joke. You know, buddy, buddy, really get down, man. Because I heard Red Man tell some some stories. I don't heard quite a few guys say that, man. If you talked about Hammer, if you said his name, he would come see you. They would show up. Forty D. Fans did an interview talking about when they was uh they did a show with Hammer and uh how he was working niggas out in the back. Motherfuckers was short on his money and he can't he let loose on them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Andre and Big Boy was like, man, I never, they said, I never even thought Hammer was that dude like that <laughs> until that moment. Hammer was no joke, man. man he was, was a real, he was. Matter of fact, I heard a, a story like MC Search just talked about this. He was like, man, Nick Hammer was trying to see me at the UMT Rewraps reunion. Mm. Like, man, in New York, like, hey, man, watch your mouth, man. You talk about my mom's man. I'm gonna fuck your ass up. Yeah, he had smoke for Jay Z too. Remember? Yes, sir. Jay knew. Jay knew what time it was. He cut it out. Yeah, he taking them little pot shots at Hammer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everybody that that ever said something about dude, he he show up. That's like saying Candyman name too many times. I'll be there. 
Yeah, that's one of the the little known hip hop stories that people did not know. They thought Hammer was this happy go lucky nigga, but we found out he was a goon. You know what I'm saying? Supreme goon. Yeah, Oakland niggas don't play that though. I think what ends up happening is that they take they look at this image of this dude dancing, jumping around, dancing with these it's parachute smiling. pants. Yeah, <laughs> him him having fun. You know, this was early the earlier version of the. Uh, the, the shiny suits phase. He had the, the parachute pants phase. You, you know, you understand what I'm saying? But that, that nigga wasn't going, man. He had a team of people behind him and they was whooping ass. Yeah. And people, people misconstrued like all of that aesthetic because they don't realize the same amount of energy it took to learn them dance routines that he was a part of. He could whoop your ass with that same energy. Yes, sir. <laughs> and get back to dancing. And that was a whole thing, right? Like, dude, I work. I am literally working out for all this I'm shit. I'm fit. Yes, I'm fit. <laughs> I'm funny. Like, can you not tell? I'm fit and I'm funny shit. <laughs> and, and you know who really respected Hammer? Suge Knight. Suge mm -hmm. Knight didn't fuck with Hammer. Suge Knight was like, man, that's my man. You don't want none of these problems with this dude. One small run in, and it, and they wrapped that up. Wait. One, two, three. Yeah, no break. I know this probably could be solved. Let's go ahead and patch this up. Real quick. You know what I'm saying? No jokes. Yeah, like, let's man. move this right along. What's the to call right. Mike Conception? That's Mike Conception one no Mike Conception was the man in LA. When you call Mike Conception, things got things got handled. Say man, hammer, hammer, fucking shit up. We gotta, we gotta do something. They have to pay that man, pay, pay, pay. Uh, Mike to take care of business. Put a fire out. Cause man, hammer had niggas humbug. Yeah. Every Salute to them Oakland niggas, man. You can't play around with them, man. I'm sorry. We don't, we don't do that. These people, these people sell records out the trunk. We yes, ain't playing them. Yes, sir. These are businessmen. Yeah. Businessmen. You fucking with their paper when you mention their name like that. <laughs> man. Hey, man, you know what's crazy? Speaking of Oakland, nigga. You know what thing I respect about Oakland? Man, Hammer, Short, Forty. All them niggas got back, got bags on their own. And they never stepped on each other's toes. No, sir. Nope. Was Richie Rich from out there too? Yes, sir. Big bank. Like these niggas had bank before they came, before they signed on the dollar line. Yep. All out the trunk. Straight from the trunk. And they make listen, they ain't even signed with a label unless it was unless like it had some power behind it. It had to. I mean, you're talking about, about you're talking about niggas that was making like selling a hundred thousand dollars out of a man. Yo. Yeah, at that time, like that boy E40's deal was one of the best deals I ever heard in my life. So when they broke down his deal, that sh it was crazy. So they said, "We let E40 get one hundred and fifty thousand euros on his own." So that means BMG. Was market was pressing his records for free. 
They said after the 150,000 units are sold, our deal kicked in. So not only he was making money off top, from the top, that's a lot. But he still had the point system and everything later on. Yeah, the point system. Think about that. 150,000 units of CD is like maybe $15, $16. Right? Yep. He was making half. And he could have sold them bitches for ten to twelve dollars. Hundred fifty thousand units that short. So he was getting press. He was getting uh, P and D for the damn near for free. And then all the rest was jobs doing after that hundred fifty thousand. He was clearing a. He was clearing big bankroll. When I heard that, I was like. Oh, and they don't still get to talk. You know what I'm saying? No, they should, though. They should. I always, we try to sit around and talk about all that because we already know who the majors is in the game and, and who had the longevity and all that. But when we sit around, we try to talk about the DJ Quicks, the Easy es I mean, not the Easy es the E-40s, the Richie Riches, the Corrupts, the Dazzes. We try to sit around and talk about them. Um, Young Bleed and all the rest of those guys, Spice Ones and all that, because those guys are integral to everything that is hip hop, not just on the West Coast, but in hip hop for real, because what they did contributes to us moving, moving the needle forward, moving up, uh, moving up, uh, the the goal line forward or whatever. Even even hieroglyphics, yeah. right? Now, yeah, absolutely. Right now, like man, Hyro man, them boys getting bags. You hear me? They got their own festival, bags. I knew they was making a bag when I went to see uh I went to see a uh, little brother when, when they first came to Chicago off that uh listening album. They opened for Souls, uh not Souls, but for Hyrule. Listen, when Hyrule, like when we got to Metro, it was a sold out show. 95% of the people in there with hieroglyphics teams. Mm. 90%. That's crazy. They, they was in their dip. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, man, when you go on their website, they got hats, tees. They they were the king of merchandise. They got hats, tees. They even had sneakers. They had Air Max ones with the high roll sign. Wow. I would have liked to see uh alcoholics make up make make a couple more albums, you know? Yeah, they still had it. You know what I'm saying? Just you know, it's going through business ships, but for the most part, high road. Yeah, it's, some of it's, it's it's certain acts from from that era that actually just off the back of their work ethic and the, and the structure of them of their team and how they actually, I guess, laid the foundation for their career. Most of them could just tour for the rest of their life and they're good, like high road. You know, they 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 didn't they didn't rest on hey we had this moment. They say, you know what? This, these are the people that rock with us. Let's keep on feeding them. Let's keep on feeding them. We're going to cement our legacy that way. Whereas you had a lot of artists, they try to make a comeback so they could be something that they never was. And, you know, high roads are sticking to the to the same formula. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But it, it, all together, man, it's just good to see some of those guys still able to get out and tour, put out albums. <laughs> 
uh, and then have support from their music by touring, by people showing up to these festivals and everything like that, yeah. the concert. Absolutely. Like that's what that's what I like to see because hip hop yeah. artists, we've talked about this before six, and I think we did too, uh, DJ Jeff the Illis. Um, hip hop shouldn't start when you reach 40 or 45. We shouldn't just go into into retirement mode or 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 get away from the game. We should be able to just tour and put out as many albums as we want or as the artists want. Um, as long as they have the back and and, and and the currency through fans, you know, like they should still be able to get out there and do what they do. Oh, let, and I just said this to the kids I teach. You know what I'm saying? And I have a, I have a, and this is, the, I have a big disdain for our young people, right? Because they have this mindset that hip hop is a young player, young, young, young kids game. And I have to tell them, we are the only genre or culture that sits there and plays the ageism game. You know what I'm saying? You don't see that shit in rock and roll. Rolling Stones is touring right now. Sell out show. Nobody is saying nothing. YouTube, Kiss. You, Aerosmith. All those people go out and do shows. Matter of fact, my my son coming with me, and he liked the shit. You know what I'm saying? So Madonna still traipsing around here like it's 1985. Man, you better hear me, uh, sick. When we look at this hip hop shit, we start putting brackets and stuff like that. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. You trying to put a whole structure around what people can and can't do, man. That shit is crazy to me. I think that's why, to kind of circle back on the point of the original conversation, um, that's why I think it's important that people understand the context of like asking Drake to rap to his age. Not necessarily saying age his raps, but kind of like show that it's cool to be an older dude rapping. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to being an old dude who pretend to be a kid. But you go back to what I was saying. I believe that because he was he has no no real world experience, he he can't be, dig into that bag to show that growth. No, he's no. He only, just don't have it. The the only people that can really show maturation, and that is really pretty much Busta Rhymes, Tribe, uh, the Red Man. Outcast, yeah. Scarface, yeah, common. These veterans that can put out albums and still have relevancy, and people will accept it. Yeah, Drake ain't gonna do that. Drake want to stay in the line, and I, you know, I have him. Like Ross could do it, but the thing Ross is is that content for me. He, the- he, I think he only has he's he has one gear. You know right. what I'm saying. So to, to get him out of that pocket and say, hey, we, we need you to kind of switch it up a little bit. Yeah. You know? And, and that's what I've been saying. Like, can he get out of that gear? So me and you, Six, we had that conversation recently when we were talking about the whole D1 situation. And what I said is kind of like what Minister Farrakhan was speaking on, right? What he had preached before. And it's not to call nobody a devil, but what he was saying is, the fact that you know that you're doing wrong and you continue to do it, that's what makes you the devil. Right. Yeah, because you, you got to justify it. Every time, anytime you question on it, you get angry and you have to justify it. That's a sign that, that's a sign of that evil. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's and lack of accountability. And that's the problem I have with with uh Rose. You know what I'm saying? And Rose and you know, Jim Jones. But sometimes I'm I may throw that Benny the Butcher. You know, they go with these one trick ponies. Somebody calls you out and say, hey, yo, let's let's break this up a little bit, man. Let's talk about other shit. You know, we got, you know, we got we we in we in uh we got this Israel shit going on, free Palestine. We got we got we got Republicans ready to get at each other on some fighting shit. You know what I'm saying? We got we got we got election season coming up. You know what I'm saying? You shit, know, let's talk got, about your health. Shit. Man. Let's get let's get our health let's get a health conversation, and some people some people think it's corny, but it's not. No, it ain't. It's cool, like man. It would be cool if Rick Ross would be like, man, get your blood pressure down, eat right. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, one of my favorite albums is Dead Press. Let's get free. Talk about it. That's one of my favorite albums. And drink water eight glasses a day. Because that's what they say. They say you are what you eat. So I strive to eat healthy. The goal in life is not to be rich or wealthy. But true wealth comes from good health and wise ways. We got to start taking better care of ourselves. Man, that album is like a blueprint on living. You hear me? Yeah. Like It's bigger than hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Mindsets. Yeah. What rappers you know talking about that? And did and did it in a fly way. Yeah. Did it in a smooth ass way. Let's let's and have mind sex. We ain't got to take our clothes off yet. Right. They're not just rapping it, they living it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They they literally living it. Got clothes, got a whole movement behind it. Mm-hmm. That's and, the authenticity. Man, and, oh man, oh, they, they was authentic. Man. You know what I'm saying? Talk, revolutionary, was it revolutionary but gangster? Yes, sir. RBG. Uhuru. Shaluta uh stick uh M1 and stick. Man, that was something dope. And it, it hasn't been like that. It's like to me, it's like anytime you have rap or hip hop that represent that that consciousness. And we see this, we see the shift come, right? But when they start seeing that shift, how is that be? Be like, ah, don't do that. Like we need some twerking over here. Bring those twerkers. Right. Nigger it, it up, nigger it up, nigger it up. Bring it, bring the niggas in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Gotta talk that gun talk. <laughs> Man, where the, where the shooters at? Bring the shooters. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We gotta run that. We gotta, hey. We got to run that play. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Got to get these preppers out here. And that's a, that. And that. They do that every Yeah. When they start getting hot on them, they have, they try to cool it off with that. When that shift happens, like every time. Every time we start educating, they like, no, 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 no. Let's sam- sample. Where the sambos? Where the sambos? Get the sambos in. Where? Man, they, they do whatever it takes to keep our people from not being free. Like, man, every time. Like, because, okay, we got dead press, right? Most death, right? 
We got who else? Tyler. Refraction of time. We had the roots was yeah. heavy time. Um, you know what I'm saying? That whole era, you know what I mean? They was raising the consciousness. And it was hitting the mainstream. It really yeah. was hitting. Like, the motherfuckers was on the radio. Man, yeah. on the radio. They playing comedy. Come close with Mary J. Blige. You hear me? Not just they, that. They, have, they was playing The Light. Man. Yeah. What was the one that... What was the one that um DJ Premier did? Do it. Uh, 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 the seventh set. The the sixth. And you yeah. know, yes, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that whole thing, that consciousness was there. When they saw that shift, and they saw these kids changing their hair. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you the moment that that actually took hold in the mainstream and you can trace it back and you can look at it as thorough as you want because prior to that you had uh dr dre was running it Mm -hmm. dre was running it with eminem and 50 cent the year that college dropout came out it's the year when they they, because they did they wasn't gonna fuck with that in the mainstream until college dropout drops i feel like it was a little bit before that though i feel like it was when uh when ruckus when uh when they did that ruckus records when eminem and was red man and they did did that whole uh what was it lyricist lounge yeah that lyricist lounge shit got got real heavy and and that rotation kind of set that off to me it was that was the catalyst for it but the thing that really gave them the confidence to start signing those artists and actually putting those songs on the radio with songs on the radio that sounded like they could compete with what kanye was dropping Mm-hmm. And then you had the brown sugar. Yeah. And then whole, yep. yeah, the whole soul movement came right right in with that. Yeah, the neo soul movement. Yeah. 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 When brown sugar yes. came and it did well at the box office. Yeah, and it set it set it set the tone, set the stage. Yeah. yeah. They was like, do more. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I like that. Do more of that. But then when they started paying attention, like, wait, wait, they they talking about what? Yeah. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Sambo, hit the Sambo alarm. Hit the Sambo yeah. alarm. Uh-uh. Hey, bring little John, bring, bring little John over here. Because <laughs> <laughs> think about this, and I'm gonna go back a little bit. Okay. Like, I'm from like when I was in my uh going in my preteen era, like 11, 12, and 13, you had self-destruction, public enemy. Mm-hmm. The stop the violence movement was on every album, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You had school days, you had uh different world and, and, and all those kind of shows to get kids to think about going to college. We had BET when it was real deal. You had Teen, Teen Summit. Summit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Teen Summit. When Teen Summit came on, I man, it came on right before Soul Train. Yeah. Yeah. That shit was dope as fuck. And it had good. relatable topics. You know what I'm saying? In fact, I I always tell people, I wanted to be this super duper MC. I tried to rap. After I saw a a show, Team Summer show about the entertainment industry behind behind the scenes and talked about how much money they was making, I was like, man, fuck this rap shit. (laughs) After something. 
and Team Summit was that show. And like those things were happening about 93, 94. They was like, uh, 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 we got to stop this. Yep. And they, Switch it up. they put out the crime. And then you think about uh, the movies like Boys in the Hood and uh, and Minister Society. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Those South Central, those become more normalized. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a concerted shift. It wasn't just one thing. Man. It was everything all at once. Man, like when you look at like, and I and I love the crime, and I I used, I did a whole class on. I love the crime. I thought the crime was one of the best albums ever made. You know what I'm saying? Of that time, right? But what that app, when we look at the con of it, what that album did shifted hip hop into, you know, it was cool to talk about smoking drugs, you know, smoking drugs, smoking weed. You know what I'm saying? The album had a marijuana leaf on the on the album. It was revolutionary. It was so different. It was it was it was the antithesis of everything that hip hop had tried to work. To become up to that point, right? Even the even even underlying message wasn't what the what the last NWA had on it. You know, right. it was it was it was like way more in the streets right. than than prior albums. Way in the and it was like man, when that album came, the whole game shift. When I say the whole game shift, the whole game shift. You know what I'm saying? And it comes to sound, the content. Like yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna put out an album now after this album drop, you gotta talk the most visceral gangster shit you could think of in order to get these people ears. For them to believe. Sir. A rapper that don't get a lot of recognition, or well, I ain't gonna say recognition, that don't get talked about a lot. Elza. What do you think of Elza? Man. Problem has one of the illest pins in the game. Mm -hmm. I think Mick Jack said, Man, everybody else can get it except this man. This is the person I'm afraid of. Mm. Elzai, first of all, Elzai a lot of props because he's from the D. And they look every time you say Elzai, they always put him in the slum village category. And to me, when they put Elzai's from Village, they was they was they became somebody some to talk about lyrically from a lyrical standpoint. Because production wise and beat wise, huh, we ain't got to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but dude is special though, man. On his own, yeah, he's a prop. And his his freestyle is just as thorough as his pen. Right. His imagination when when coming up with those bars. <laughs> that lead poisoning is one of my favorite albums of that year. I played, I still play that two sixteen. You know what I'm saying? Keep dreaming. That that keep dreaming is serious. I couldn't believe the stuff he was saying. He was coming tough on that. Dude, I'll be listening to him sometime. Like, man, if this ain't one of the most lyrical but relatable people in the fucking world, man. Yeah. Good people. You not know, you not, you know, play. Good people. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was a good dude. One Hollywood by no means. Not at all. Not at all. But it's it's crazy how, you know, the agreement that we have, and I maybe it's because we're older and we're more mature, but we're looking at the music not from our perception, but from perspective, right? We're able to see the road. We're able to see down the road and see where it's come from, uh, the, the rear view mirror, and we're looking at it from what's ahead. And when you sit there and you speak on some of this stuff, and it's like, anytime there's been a great movement in hip-hop, it's always been washed out. And then when you're, think- trying to, when you're trying to tell people, like, hey, no, they're washing, they're washing it out on purpose. They go, no, 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 they're not. I was like, man, it's, a, it's, a, it's something called being covert and it's something called being overt. They know what they're doing. Yeah. I think it comes down to this. It's like, because every, every time we had that movement, we had like that, we had that the face of it. You know what I'm saying? We had the, we had an individual who represented the, uh, I guess, that movement, like Buster Rhymes was like, he once he did his version scenario, he became larger than native tongues at that point you know what i'm saying so like you have that person snoop was that for for the chronic snoop took dr dre into the stratosphere you know what i'm saying so like mm-hmm. when they start seeing these people come up and they actually take they have a personality they have a they have an image they they, they come pre-packaged in that way and make it easy for them to kind of like find something similar to it but what happens is is if that person is insulated by something that's real then that movement moves with them. A lot, you know, Tribe and Q-Tip and his production and kind of like help, like most of Bust Rhymes' career, he's been working with a, a, a very similar set of producers, you know, because he's still tied to where he came from. But when the, when the industry plants those seeds, you know, all these industry plants come in and you can see them actually working with they the ones that come up with the hit out of nowhere and all this old shit. Those are the ones that are used to disrupt the status quo and an industry plan ain't like some kid who's who, who grows up to be this but they go find somebody who might just have a little potential but they thirsty enough for a check and they'll do whatever it takes to be that star they may not ever reach star status but they'd be just good enough to disrupt some shit you know what i'm saying like right now the movement of like female rappers is, is so um it's so street that it's easy for them to plant somebody out there right now you know what I'm saying? So it'll disrupt what what Rhapsody and uh and Tierra Whack and those girls and those those women can actually do. You know what I'm saying? Their music is no less dope, but you don't get to hear it because they, they they're hidden behind that wall that's set up by these plants. You know what I'm saying? You got a sexy red who everything she say and do is posted online, so it's a distraction from the music. Yes, sir. You know, and they associate all those antics with the music. TV shows like Love and Hip Hop is the same thing. They put hip hop in the title and it has nothing to do with hip hop at all. It might have a couple former rappers on there, but because that association is there, no matter how dope, let's say Elzai had an album dropping, there's no album dope enough by him that will ever climb that wall because he can't, unless he ha- unless he takes on a persona or personality, a la Busta Rhymes, uh, Snoop, somebody who, something that's ubiquitous, when Elzai becomes ubiquitous, then he'll probably be able to overcome that. You know what I'm saying? Jay-Z is ubiquitous. You know what I'm saying? And he might be one of the few that 
he might not even be putting on a character, but most of these rappers put on a character, and those are the ones that succeed. Mm -hmm. Drake is putting on a character. You know what I'm saying? Yes, There's sir. no way he there ain't no way he go to bed the same way he is on TV or or, or on them songs. There ain't no way he the same dude. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's why Andre walked away from, from the industry. He he knew that outcast as an entity was ubiquitous, but as a human being, he didn't want to be that character. Mm -mm. You know what I'm saying? And you he can look he, at it and see why he, 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 he despised it. Yeah, he said he yeah. despised it. He said, he said that's something. He said, I wanted to walk away from it. He said, and if I can't walk away, at least let me just turn it on. He said, but every time somebody see me, they see me as that. And I just want to, I just want to be the dude. I just want to be a regular guy. <laughs> that's why it was so important for him to have as much creative control when Outkast was dropping those albums, dude. He he had to redefine himself every album. Because mm -hmm. otherwise he would be pimped out Dre from Southern Playlist. Can you imagine nine albums of that shit? <laughs> because, I mean, because he's trying to be because he's I, trying to be ubiquitous right you I, what I'm saying I, I respect Dre, uh, Dre's move and I love the fact that he's going you know like he, he's he's being him right right but you as a rapper you're already like Stratosphere, stratosphere. Yeah, he's an alien. He's an alien. He's he's anti. He's extraterrestrial. He's not normal. You're like oh, you're like the OMG of this rap shit. You don't have to do much. The shit when I heard when I heard the flu shit, I was dying. I was like, what? <laughs> For real? And people are excited. Like three thousand are coming out. Oh my god! I'm like. I know he ain't rapping. Shit, but okay, think about like, did you expect him to do that on that uh that double CD when it was him, Speaker Box, uh, and Love Below? Did you that expect that to come out like that? I thought it was gonna be like he was gonna do his thing. It was gonna be some left shit. It was just gonna be he was gonna rap for real. You know what I'm saying? But that didn't happen. I know a buddy of mine, rest in peace, Lex Dirty. He uh he helped engineer a few of those sessions on that album when they was actually working on it and uh he would tell me little stuff he wouldn't really go into a whole lot of details but he was like this album ain't gonna be like nothing you know outcast to do uh in, in in a traditional form and i had i remember remember reading about them planning on doing a double album but i didn't know whether or not they were going to actually do it this way it was one thing if they were going to split it like the rumor was and dre was going to rap and big boy was going to rap and do two separate rap albums but when dre came out with a uh, a pop R&B fusion album it was like and it was some bangers on there but see Ooh. I kind of knew it was going to be different just based on that last time when they did Stank On Ya I was like they, they're about to go in a different direction because Stank On Ya was totally different but it still fit the classic uh, outcast uh, uh, aesthetic Ooh. Yeah, uh, she lives in my lap is probably to me one of the strongest songs that man's pen has touched next to probably Spodiote, Dopalicious, and uh, and uh, Aquimini. The, the 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 artistry, the 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 way his brain can you know he, the way he creates is is evidently not 
normal and when it comes to the context of what you expect from a rapper. So I could imagine the frustration of being that that way, being so thoughtful about the way he he, he writes and, and creates, and he got to put it out in in this and 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 don't get the satisfaction of knowing that the people that actually love it love it and and not just like it because they're just trying to get some clicks and views. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a it's a different era, man. It's a different game now. Yeah, people, people even listening to even listening to Stank on you. That's something they had on there called toilet tissue when they were talking about the young girl who um who killed herself in the bathroom. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like okay, they really, they really, they really care and they're really thinking about not not just putting out music and albums, but they really care about the community and everybody that's involved. And you could just see the progression and see the turn and the update in the way that they approach the music and and. The landscape the of the music that, yeah, the landscape of the music they were using, the instrumentation and everything. I was like, these dudes updated every time. Every time. Every time. So what was they really expecting when they got to the double CD, speaker box below, speaker box and a love below? Like, to me, I was like, okay, I expect that. I expect yeah. that. And then I said, I expect kind of, I told somebody back then, I said, I'm expecting a uh, big boy to go in the direction of some EDM. I'm expecting him to go down to some bass heavy type of shit because that's what the uh, uh, speaker box sounded like. Mm-hmm. And then he pop up, he doing songs with, uh, I forgot the name of that group, but I, I was listening to that shit. I was still fucking with what he was doing. Come on, purple ribbon all song. Was it yeah. that, or was it the, 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 uh, the white group or whatever it was? I, I can't remember the name. Um, I can't remember what it was, man, but I, I was I was fucking with all of that shit just because the nature of their music grew. It didn't stay the same. It wasn't just, you know, we going to sit here and talk about some player shit and, and fucking on hoes and everything like this. You know, we about to keep knocking it out the park and keep pushing it down the field. And and for me, I love that because it's progression. People forgot. People forgot that. I birthed on my stuff, like one of the things that people forget that. Janelle Monet was under the uh, big boy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And signed to bad boy. You know what I mean? So she, you know, like they they birthed, they birthed a lot of things. I'm gonna listen to the album, but I was just at, at first I was like, I'm listening to Ron Burgundy now. The fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's I'm funny, like, you say, huh? <laughs> that's hilarious. Hey, that's hey. I'm I told myself I'm gonna listen to it with neutral ears. I'm not listening to it as though I'm listening to an Andre 3000 album. I'm gonna listen to it like I would if I'm just digging for records. If I'm just going, if I'm if I'm going to a record shop and I oh no, what's this album? Pop it on, listen to it, see whether or not that's something I'm gonna cop. That's how that's how I'm gonna listen to it. The album I was talking about was Boomerverse that uh Big Boy did. Okay, that was a that was his EDM album. It was kind of, yeah, somewhere in the realm of that. It was just real hard bass lines and everything. But it wasn't it wasn't like ED, it wasn't EDM. But you had to check okay. it out. Maybe I'm wrong, but I was fucking with all that shit. That I think the other one was vicious like lies and dangerous, with. dangerous truths and shit like that. Like he did, he had some he had some joints. Vicious. I like the work he did with Sleepy Brown. The last one he put out with Sleepy Brown that was pretty dope to me. Twenty twenty was that the twenty twenty one joint. I think it's uh what's the name of it? Uh the sleepover or something like that. Big sleepover, yeah. Big sleepover. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude, and done, dude, like they. I was expecting, I was expecting them to continue to to do shit differently. I mean, there was just so much growth between them, and every album there was an express, there was this expression or this tone that, hey, it's still us, but we're about to, we're about to take it further. We're about to keep pushing it. Remember, we're going further down the field. We started at Southern Play Playlist uh, play Cadillac Music. We started there, but we got to keep on pushing it down the field because we can't stay the same. And I, I applaud that for for artists to continue to change and grow. I I would rather that than motherfuckers continue to tell me about how many guns they got. Bro, I got my own trauma. I got my own trauma. I don't need to hear no more about guns and dope all the damn time. That's why a lot of time I don't even listen to rap music. All right, that's, I agree. I agree. They, they, you have to put them in your top five or top three groups of all time because they, yeah. they have a representation of growth. Southern playlists don't sound like ATL. They recovered the fumble and ran it back for a touchdown. Right. Repeatedly. When, East Coast, when, when, the, when the East Coast got cocky, Outcast saved the day. You know what I'm saying? After Repeatedly. that Source Awards moment, it was up. From that Source Awards moment, it was up. When Dre said the South got something to say, stop talking. Couple times East Coast was fumble. You know what I'm saying? That's one. Yep. yep. DMX is two. Yep. <laughs> well, yep. the woo was number two. Then, then DMX. DMX came in with Puffin that was winning. Shiny suits. Big tank. Champagne. X said, fuck all that. Let's get back to the street. Let's get dark. Let's make it dark again. Dark. Like, what are dogs? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Man. We ain't got no, no girls around. We in these streets. We got pit bulls hey. and, and chains, and, and we out here on four wheelers. Hey, right. he dropped two albums and killed them and killed them for Dev Jam. Dev Jam ain't had nothing like it since. They didn't yeah. have nothing like it before. Period. And, and you know what they did? They fumbled. <laughs> Ain't nothing like that since Warren G. Nope. Nope. Warren and, and, and shit. He saved Jeff J. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. X yep. and set man. Man, put him back. Put him on on the map. What rapper you know dropping two albums in one year at the same quality? And carries the label through to two years. Right. The only person that come close like that is Nas. He doing that. He did that twice. Yeah, with Nostradamus and uh no 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 no. He did the current the that run with him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Disease two and magic three. Okay. Magic one. And King Disease too. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, he did uh, King Disease three with the magic, magic with Magic two. Then, how many magics we got? Three. It's three of those. It's three of each. Three of each. Okay. Cool. 
and he did he did uh he did Magic Three, and he did it. Hold on, which one? Which one? He let me, let me look at the one he just put out is the last. That's Magic, uh, right? Last Magic. Yeah, just the third Magic. Hold on, let me look it up. But early back in that area, why why are you looking it up? Back in that era, Outcast had been just going right along, blazing a path that entire time. <laughs> platinum every time, platinum, platinum, platinum. So that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure to be under, though, man. Because not only are you 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 delivering on on a gamble, but you gambling every time you put out you put together an album. You know what I'm saying? Bombs over Baghdad. They would do. That's the biggest experiment musically that they actually made on a single next to elevators. Yes, sir. Uh King Disease One, King Disease Two, and Magic in One Year. King Disease Three and Magic Two in one year. Okay. I'ma put and then uh I'ma put Magic Two Magic Three on my top ten at all. Mm. The King Disease 3. On your top 10? Yeah. When you say top 10, you're talking top 10 albums? 23. Oh, okay. Out of year. Okay. Just, just make, you got to clarify, brother. You got to clarify. Serious. <laughs> that shit cold. I ain't saying that. Yeah. I'm just saying when you say top 10, when you say top 10, top, you got to know what you're talking about. Yeah, All time year. or just this year, you know, yeah. that's that's a big statement to say. This year. Okay. 23. 23. We got some I know you were talking about producers uh earlier. You're talking that's about conductor, talking about hit boy. Any uh I guess lesser known producers you really checking for? Hmm. There's the really the ones that I know, to be honest, you know, that I'm close to in the, in the shy, right? Which they deserve a lot of love, but um, yeah, it, it's really household names. It's really right. doing, you know, Knife Wonder, and the Soul Count. They're really doing their thing. Um, Premier still killing shit. People may be, you know, the problem I have, and I, I talk to O all the time. People talk all this hip hop shit and don't have no idea. You can ask them, give me three new rap, give me three new rappers that make sense. And they can't do that. All right. You come for me, I'm going to give you three new rappers or three rappers that make sense. I tell you, I tell you one producer. It just came into my mind, Nicholas Craven. Nick Craven, yeah. That boy, <laughs> that boy is the whitest, soulfulest motherfucker I ever heard in my life. I ain't heard that name in a while. Nicholas <laughs> Craven. Ransom album is one of the best albums this year. Director's mm -hmm. cut four. Because it's ransom gonna murder the violence. That that's oh, that's yeah. not ransom is ill, ill nigga. That's not gonna be a problem. This man is this man is Mike Tyson punch out on that microphone. Mm. Yeah, it's the beats 
on this new shit that makes the difference. It don't even sound like Nicholas Craven that you hear on these Griselda tracks and shit like that. No, this dude like went different. You know what I'm saying? And the beats are like on Director's Cut 4, they nuts. Oh. You know what I'm saying? And the guest features are they not playing. You know, you got uh yeah, Shayna War. That's another female MC that people don't talk about. You got Shayna War. You got my man uh, from Slaughterhouse. What's my man from the West Coast? Crook. Crooked King Crooked. You got uh, Talia Kwali. And somebody else that it's really It'll come to me, but director's cut for a series. Series. And Nick Craven is. Yeah. From Canada. <laughs> he connect, he's from Quebec. Shout out to he's my man, Quebec. Ethics. I got, a, I got a buddy named Ethics from Canada. I'll send, I send you some, I'll, from the Dropbox, I'll send you some shit. All right. From, Q, from Quebec. Don't even speak the lick of English at one point. Sock by say to my homie ethics. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, but man, like producer wise, like he he's dope. Um, my sleeper album of the year is uh my man from Detroit. Um Stretch Money and um Valid. Stretch Money and Valid. Uh, Bill, Bill, and Isaiah. That's my sleeper album. Okay. That's yeah. Let me ask you a question. Do you pay attention to battle rap? Here and there. Here and there. That hey, Rem, that Remy shit fucked the game up though. It was a look yeah. she was she was looking for because she had been trying to put that shit together for the ladies for so long. And it wasn't going the way that she wanted to. So when she introduced the guys and they started, they started, you know, coming on her shit and bonting, like throwing down, giving out heat, it grew, it grew it to the where she wanted. But then when when they did that shit recently about her her husband, uh, about Papoose cheating and shit like that, when uh what's what what's her brother's name? Uh Gucci Gotti. When Gotti got on there and he said said all that shit about about buddy ass, uh Easy to block, Captain. That gave her what she was looking for. So it it, it put a lot of attention on, on what she had going on. Because she had been trying for a while. Yeah, that shit. They put a stain on. It's a gimmick. That was a gimmick move. Yeah, that's all. And it kind of... That was a rollout? It take the... Yeah, it was a rollout. It take, it take, the, it take the legitimacy away from the brand. You know, because now she got to have another one of them moments to make people tune in. You know what I'm saying? She got to live up to that. <laughs> and that's like the pinnacle of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah even, if it, even if it is true what, what happened, let me say this. You know it was, you know it was all kind of like thrown out of proportion because the battle rap had happened days earlier. 
No one even cared about it until the mainstream went right. back and they listened to what had happened. They was like, oh shit, there was a battle and they did that, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden everybody caught. I'm like, y'all, y'all, four days late. That battle been happening. All them people done went home. They didn't got paid. They didn't got their twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Y'all just now hopping on that. That shit been happening. Yeah. Matter of fact, they already got new battle scheduled. Yeah, people, they got new battles coming. Because people was hitting me up. They said, did you hear about that? I was like, man, you are four days late, bro. That battle happened. That happened the night of a, the uh, the night of the battle on a Saturday or a Sunday. The people that was there heard that it, the, the line went crazy, and Remy put it out all of a sudden. Because remember, it wasn't supposed to come out on, on on YouTube or anything. They released that for people to hear. Yeah, they, it was. Yeah, it was, they, that was the uh, the clip moment. Yeah, they right. was like, "Oh shit!" They was like, "Since that shit catching fire, let's ride this shit." <laughs> controversy, ride the controversy yeah. way. Yeah, niggas love controversy. And Papoose ain't said a word. Not a goddamn thing. I'm watching that money hit the bank. Yeah. And if it's real, he gonna you best believe he's gonna come out with some some fire. You better know it. He's gonna have some fire for all they ass. That's the one you don't fuck with, too. He's nice. Mm -hmm. That man started murdering you from the top of the alphabet to the bottom of that motherfucker. And then go through your <laughs> and then go through your name. That ain't the guy that you fuck with. And even in real life, from what they were saying, if the shit was real, him him slapping dude or whatever, like, it's going to be whatever it's going to be. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's going to be whatever it's going to be. So, you know, Remy Modern went quiet. She done moved on. Hey, let me get this next event going. Um, I need such and such to show up for this event. I need this person to show up. It was all to yep. me. I just saw it as a, as a good reason to validate her platform. Cause she was really just trying to do it for the women from what I understand. And, and that didn't do nothing but help. But I say this, one of my favorite battle rappers, even though these niggas talk about guns all the time, my favorite one is Rum Nitty. Really? Yeah, yeah Rum, Rum, nice. Rum, go, Rum goes crazy. He could turn anything into a damn gun bar. <laughs> Straight up. And you'd be like, yo, how the fuck did he think? And you like, no, this dude really be he really goes after that shit. But it's crazy when you listen to some of got some of these guys, it's like y'all doing too much with this with this negative shit. Like, I know all y'all ain't so I know all y'all ain't got no guns. I just yeah. I know it. All you gotta do is stand one of them across from one of them KOTD dudes, and you you'll know what the problem is. You know what I'm saying? Because King of the Dot is primarily, you know white so you stand them across from anybody from any other section and you'll hear the difference it's it's, it's, it's content they starving for content they don't have they don't have the content it takes to actually strengthen those bars you take the guns out of the bars or how many packs they move how many bricks they move out of the bars you kind of stand there across from a dude who don't really know what he's talking about yeah and now you, you sound like, now you sound like a, a a child playing with grown men no, no, with, with zero vocabulary. Yep. <laughs> wow. Yep. When I be listening to it, I be, and you hear the inflection and the tone of their voice, like you know a motherfucker from the street when you hear it. Like you, like okay, that that he did that. Like you can tell, like oh, he he just talked about the smell of crack. He know it's he just said that. And then the other guy comes. Mm -hmm. When I hit you with this profile, boom, and you like yo, fam. No, my gun is so big. <laughs> How big is it? <laughs> you like, come on, bro. 
Man, but I, I I love bars though. Bars is the best shit. You know what? Who uh from Chicago who don't get a lot of we need to get on here too. Quasar. Quay? Yeah. Yeah, he on the West Coast now. Let me see if I can hit him up. That motherfucker said these veterans better get ready for severing and bloodshedding. Fuck a gun when I'm finished, there's nobody's to place your lead in. Beheading the beast with sharp blades that's so heavy that when they touch you. They crush you before they even get a fucking chance to cut you. You ain't fucking with Quasar, vocally spit y'all with eight bars. The only one hard enough that he could rape God. What? I remember when I battled Quasar. I don't know if you remember when they had, they used to have a, this party line. And all the rappers had a room that they would call. This is the Chicago Loach. And just battle each other and battle and battle and just really just strengthen up bars. I can't remember exactly what the line was he said, but it was like, cause we had been going back and forth for like 15 minutes. So, I don't know <laughs> But he said this bar, it got weird as hell, man. Everybody just like, this nigga, he just different. <laughs> yeah, but he, he, he another one though. He another one. I said something in the verse against him. I said something about uh, I compose sheets that make parishioners hold heat. Commissioner snatch a gold rope just to smoke the gold leaf. You should know me. I'm known to throw bows at those who flow weak to dope beats and hope to throw holes they don't know or even won't meet. And that's when he came back behind that with that fucking prayer. He he did a play on my name. But Ooh. it was so fucking intricate. <laughs> that boy was different. That boy was different. <laughs> All right, Jeff, I'm going to let you get on up out of here, man. Anything you need to uh say, your website, anything before we go ahead and wrap this on up, man? JeffDayIllis.com. Uh, that's going to be, we're going to revamp that. Uh, Hip Hop Heels comes out Friday. Um, comes out Friday. You can go on the website, HipHopHeels.com, and cop the project. Um, get ready. Uh, Supreme set January 9th, 2024, coming soon. That's my event. We play dope-ass, good music, no trap, no drill. You come to hit, you want you want to come there and listen to that, don't come to my party. Mm-hmm. We got discriminating tastes, and then we good with that. We fine with that. We're okay with that. We okay with that. Yeah, so January 9th, uh, the Supreme set, we back. Looking forward to uh rocking with rocking with the people. Our very first guest is my man DJ Wildchild. So get ready for uh good music to the core. All right. Word, big bird. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness. God never puts you in the driver's seat if it's taking. We out of here, man. All right.